Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. The Dow Jones Industrial Average hits another record just a few points away, in fact, from the 22,000 level, which would represent roughly a 20% gain since inv- since Election Day. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. I am Paul Vigna. I'm Stephen Grosser. So the market, stock market looking hot despite turmoil in Washington, D.C. Where do we think things are going is the question today, Grosser. It As is. we start I mean, August. And I, I think we're hitting a lot of big round numbers. but and, we're, and the market's been up a lot since Election Day. But one of the key things to sort of, especially when you're talking about the Dow, with it at close to 22,000 is a thousand point increments aren't what they used to be. No, they're not. But I mean, you know, the big round numbers gets everyone excited. I get to, to draw a new two out of – cut a little two out of piece of paper and stick it on my Dow 20,000 hat. They got the president excited too. They got the president excited. But where is it all going? What's it all mean? And rather than just have two reporters talk about it who, <laughs> you know, let's be for real, our, our, our knowledge is limited. We're not tumble about that. We have in the studio today from – the gateway city of St. Louis, Kate Warren, investment strategist at Edward Jones. Kate, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm delighted to be here. Thanks very much for having me, Paul. Uh, we're happy Dave. to have you. Always glad to have you when you come through, when you blow through the Big Apple. Um, so, look, I just want to ask you, you know, get your take on things. So it, it is August 1st. Stock markets are rising. Uh, we're in the middle of earnings season. What is your what's your sort of broad take on the markets and where things are going, and then we can kind of drill down a little bit into into your opinion into your opinions. Sure, I yeah. think overall, uh, obviously with stocks uh, at record highs, that's great news for investors. It's really been supported by earnings growth, and that's been key. And I think that's really what has driven stocks all of this year is better than expected earnings. And that's been supported not just by the cost cutting that we've seen from companies over the last few years, but also by stronger revenue growth. They're finally seeing sales. And most companies are also saying that the future looks pretty good. So I think overall, the big take is earnings are strong. The economy keeps trundling along. It's not a lot better. It's not a lot worse. And we're finally seeing an international rebound. So economic growth in the rest of the world is stronger. That's good news for the U.S. as well. I want to go back to sort of the beginning of the year because corporate earnings everyone was hoping for. But a lot of the other things (laughs) that everyone was hoping for, the U.S. economy really picking up and moving into another uh, gear hasn't happened. A lot of the infrastructure spending, the tax cuts that everyone is helping out of Washington haven't appeared yet. Um, How much can corporate earnings continue to drive, I guess, you know, the stock market higher at this point, given how much it's already up, versus if, if these other things don't happen? I think earnings can continue to drive the stock market higher because if you look at the long-term growth rate in stock prices, it tends to be tied to economic growth and earnings growth. Mm-hmm. And economic growth doesn't need to be a lot better than it's been. We would all like it to be better. But even though we haven't seen the various pro-growth policies that everybody hoped for from the, the Trump administration – I think earnings uh, are up partly due to that international growth, which really wasn't expected for yeah. this year. And the fact that the domestic economy may be picking up a little bit from the average of 2% to 2.2, 2.3. <laughs> but that's still good enough 
that what we're seeing is a fair amount of earnings growth. So I do think that earnings can continue to drive stocks higher, but I'd also expect that it will be a bumpier ride going forward than what we've seen so far uh, over the last uh, six, seven months. Um, what are the? I guess like one of the questions um, that pops into my mind just as you, as you were speaking was the idea that like at the beginning of the year everyone is like you know American focused companies through taxes infrastructure uh, spending and also you know all the talk about America first but it really seems like in the second half the focus <laughs> should be probably on companies you know the big the big companies with you know overseas sales do you think that's accurate. And I think that's been the case through the first half of the year as well, okay. that international sales have really helped. And it's partly um, the, the, the drop in the U.S. dollar has been positive for the earnings as well as sales growth of all of the larger international companies because that's meant that the earnings in the rest of the world have been bigger contributors, as well as the fact that the stronger growth in the rest of the world has actually helped real sales there. So would I be putting more money into companies with more international exposure? Yes. I think that's actually a great strategy for the second half of the year. But I wouldn't leave out altogether the various parts from the Trump administration's pro-growth initiatives. Certainly, when you look at what those were supposed to be, infrastructure spending not likely to happen, tax reform not likely to happen, but we could get some kind of tax cuts. I would expect that to be something that affects 2018, not 2017. And the regulatory relief actually has been there. Now, it hasn't been as broad or as well promoted as I think it might have been. Uh-huh. But companies are saying they aren't facing concerns about how much more will happen. They're saying things really have helped a little bit, and that's helped them in terms of earnings and in terms of sales growth. We are talking about the economy and the markets with Kate Warren from Edward Jones. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. This message comes from Viking committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Bee. Talking with Kate Kate Jones from Kate Warren from Edward Jones on a day when the Dow Jones Industrial Average is on the cusp of 22,000, a new level that it is, of course, never breached before. Uh, Talking about the markets and the economy. And Kate, I have a, a question for you and a little bit of devil's advocate here almost, right? Uh, we've had a long economic expansion since 2010 when it began, uh, have not had tremendous growth throughout any of that. Now you're looking at an unemployment rate that's below 4.5%, wherever it turns out to be on Friday, we'll get the latest numbers. Uh, the thing that sticks out to me about that unemployment rate is if you go and look at a chart, and uh, I'm sure you've done this, you know, uh, the St. Louis Fed's uh, Fred website is great with this. If you just plug, go to their website and plug in unemployment rate, they'll show you a long-term chart. And what you can see is that every single time the unemployment rate gets to about this level, and it's just a natural function of the business cycle, every time the unemployment rate gets around this level, a recession is within a year or so of coming. So when I look at that and I look at an economic expansion that has not been strong to begin with and you know we all know we're not going to get anything out of Washington and we haven't had any acceleration of growth I, I and I, I'm a I'm a bit of a hysteric Kate but I get a little nervous that that means to me 
that says to me that there might be a recession around the corner that a lot of people are not really thinking about. What do you make of that? I think it's not likely we have a recession around the corner, but of course we will have a recession at some point. And certainly when the unemployment rate gets to levels where it is now, typically what you're seeing is two things. You're seeing much stronger wage growth, and you're also seeing a Fed that is worrying about how strong the economy is and beginning to try to slow things down. Mm. And I would say the disconnect between your worry about the unemployment rate with recession following shortly and today's environment is that we're not seeing really strong wage growth. Right. And we're certainly not seeing a Fed that's worried about how strong the economy is. In fact, if anything, the Fed's continuing to say that they're concerned about the pace of growth and that if anything falters, that they will delay raising rates and not reduce the size of the balance sheet. So the Fed's continuing to say, yes, we think growth is better, but if not, we'll sort of pause what we're doing now in terms of removing accommodation. So that's why I don't see recession around the corner as a result of the low unemployment rate. I also think that the unemployment rate as we measure it may, as we know, the participation rate is lower. We're not sure whether many of the workers who are on the sidelines are permanently on the sidelines or as we begin to see uh, better wage growth, whether we'll see people come back into Mm -hmm. the labor force. So I think there's a lot of question right now about whether that under 4.5% unemployment rate really signals the tightness of the labor market that it's signaled in the past. Regardless of that, I think it's more important to pay attention to the other sides, which is wage growth continues to be pretty anemic. So the Fed's not worried about higher inflation as a result of rapidly accelerating wages. And the Fed is continuing to say if the pace of economic growth doesn't you know, stay where it is or get better, then clearly we're not going to be taking more and more stimulus out of the, the marketplace. And yeah. I think that's good news for, you know, basically right. a continuation of economic growth. Okay. That's all fair. Uh, I, I caught – you were doing a roundtable with a couple of reporters and I came out on the end of it, but I didn't really catch it. But I know you were talking about what kind of, of I think, economic indicators you are looking at in terms of what says to you we have a healthy or unhealthy economy. W- what are you looking at? Uh, right now, it's clearly the fact that consumer spending remains solid. Consumers are optimistic. Frequently optimistic consumers spend a bit more, and with consumer spending still accounting for about two-thirds of economic growth, that's clearly the first thing you want to watch. But optimistic consumers don't always spend, uh, but it's a good sign that they're, they're more positive. The second thing is watching the fact that uh, loans are easy to get. Monetary conditions continue to be quite loose, and that uh, while consumers are borrowing more, they're also able to get loans. That says that we're in an environment where credit conditions aren't tightening because it's tighter credit that tends to be one of those leading indicators of the cycle. And right now, while the Fed has been raising short-term interest rates, long-term interest rates are actually lower. That says the housing market probably continues to have positive uh, uh, gains over the next year. And that says Basically, many of the cyclical sectors of the U.S. economy are in growth mode, not in contraction mode. One of the, one of the questions I want to get back to – I have actually two questions, but consumer uh, confidence. It's been at you know, record highs or you know, very elevated levels pretty much all year. You had noted that that's not always a good sign for stocks or for stocks to show give robust returns going forward. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. And I think that's actually the place where I'm more concerned. I'm not very concerned about a recession, but I am concerned that the returns that we've seen 
to stocks over the first half of the year don't continue. And when you look historically, when consumer confidence is really high, returns, or at least the Dow's gains over the next year, tend to be about six-tenths of a percent. I think most people are expecting much better stock market returns over the next year than less than 1%. Yeah. So our view is this is not the time to be overly excited about the returns you're going to get from stocks, but stock returns are still likely to be good, just not as good as people are expecting. And that's tied to if investors are, and consumers are excited, are very optimistic, then there's a lot more possibility of disappointment rather than the ability to beat those expectations, which is certainly what we've been seeing in the first half of the year. You saw last, I guess it's, what, two months ago in June now, since it's August 1st, you saw the Fed talk a lot about financial conditions. You had a bunch of speeches. How much, of the, how much do you think the Fed is concerned about that, and how much should they be concerned about the looseness of financial conditions going forward? Well, I think that they um, are focused on that because – they're, as they start to hike short-term interest rates, typically you would expect financial conditions to also tighten. Right. And instead, what we've seen is lower long-term interest rates due to lower inflation, not only in the U.S., but in the rest of the world. So right now, financial conditions are actually easier even as the Fed tightens. That's essentially not what we typically see. So I, I don't think they're as much concerned about it. They're just trying to make sure that they understand is the tightening actually bringing in some of the financial conditions or not. They would actually like financial conditions to stay relatively loose because they'd like the economy to continue to grow at the two or so percent pace. They're not concerned about that. But what they're trying to do is be sure that we don't end up in a situation where monetary conditions have been so loose for so long that we're seeing asset bubbles and we run into the problems that we ran into in the Great Recession or earlier they're wanting to be sure we avoid that. And I think that's why they're focused on financial conditions. Now, inflation data came out um, today. It can, was flat, um, you know, again. I think it was 1.4%. Still not <laughs> near the 2% that that's Fed really was low. Low. Yeah, yeah, the 2% the, the Fed wants. Yeah. Um, the Fed in their, in the, you know, sort of changed their language in their in the July policy statement about inflation, and that was, and markets took it as a bit of a dovish signal. Do you think there, how much, do you think they're going to, the Fed's, go, I guess, in the second half, might change their pace, you know, another hike in the year and, you know, shrinking their balance sheet, or is it too early to tell and that we're going to have to wait for more data to come in? I think it's too early to tell, but my expectation is that inflation will pick up a little bit, but not dramatically. So all of this great concern that we've seen a couple of months of lower inflation, and people tend to draw that straight line and say, well, if it's been slowing, it must slow more, you know, it yeah, must get yeah. lower and lower. Instead, I think we're likely to see inflation pick up back up some. And part of it is the rise in oil prices we've seen over the last couple of months. Not dramatic, but again, they're not following the way they were over previous months. Natural gas prices are still coming down. That plays some role. But I think overall energy begins to pick up. And uh, the other thing is that if consumers really are spending more, we are likely to see some pickup just on the demand side there. Part of that is demand and supply. But as long as inflation picks back up, we're likely to see long-term interest rates rise some. And that will begin to take away that worry that somehow inflation is just once again falling towards deflation and the Fed needs to be much more worried about that than about the pace of economic growth. You know, we get a lot of 
we're always trying to figure out what a consumer is thinking, what our investors thinking. We do have surveys. The Fed does surveys. Private groups do surveys. Everyone's always trying to, you know, measure fund flows and that kind of. But I'm wondering, uh, at Edward Jones, I mean, what are you hearing? What are your clients telling you? What are their concerns? Where are they putting their money? What are they interested in? You know, what, what, what's you know, what, what is the scene from your perch? Uh, I would say overall at Edward Jones, clients are comfortable. They are uh, skeptical of, you know, basically what's happening in the markets. They're looking at stocks at new highs and wondering, should I put money to work, you know, because is this the top or, you know, have I missed the rally? <laughs> um, we continue to think that stocks will uh, rise. And so we're saying put money to work in stocks, but make sure you've got the right mix of stocks and bonds because this is not the time that you just want to be chasing only stocks. You want to be reducing risks in portfolios, making sure you've got that right mix, and that you have some cash because we do think volatility will pick up. You want to be able to buy if stocks pull back. And the reason is that we think the underlying fundamentals are positive, but we also don't want to discover that people have put all their money to work and that when you get one of those nice pullbacks like we typically see, market does tend to drop by 10% or more on average once a year. We haven't seen that for more than a year and a half. When that happens, you want to have money to put to work. So we're trying to make sure people see appropriately balanced in terms of the mix of stocks and bonds. But I'd say overall, investors are feeling comfortable, but also concerned about what happens next. I think one of the interesting factoids that are, you know, facts that um, I read yesterday was, I think it's been nine months since we've even had a pullback of 3%, which is relatively shocking. Um, Real quick, just to sort of, I guess, end you, I wanted to talk about sort of the sell-off we've seen on tech stocks recently, especially around earnings. Is is this a, you know, just should investors be concerned about this or is this much more of – they rallied so much this year, so there's some profit-taking around earnings season. I think it's the latter. I think it's profit-taking around earnings. We've seen really good earnings for most of the tech stocks, yeah. and we've also seen incredibly strong stock performance as investors have said, where's the growth? I'm going to buy the things that continue to deliver solid growth. We think that's actually a good strategy, but we also want to make sure that people stay well-diversified across all the sectors. And so I think actually looking across the sectors and being sure you're not too overweight, in other words, taking some of those profits are probably a good move. But no, we're not overly concerned because we think those companies continue to deliver the growth, and you saw that in their earnings reports. Okay. All right. Uh, Kate Warren, investment strategist at Edward Jones, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And, 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 and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will catch up with you soon. You have been listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Enjoy our podcasts? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.